catch you up really quick. I don't have a lot of time to do that. But Philippians is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church he planted in Philippi in Europe. It was actually the first church Paul planted in Europe. It meant a whole lot to him. He loved Philippi, uh, the Philippians and the Philippian believers there. Multiple other churches were planted in Philippi, but Paul was the first. And it was just a powerful church. There's a lot of reasons why he loved it. And he's writing this letter. That's what epistle means. He's writing a pastoral epistle to, a letter to the Christians there. He would write and, and, and other believers in whatever city he was in would, would literally you know, take that handwritten letter and they, would, and they would read that letter openly in church and then they would read it in small groups. Because even back then they were doing small groups. Come on somebody. You got to have a small group of people you're with. So they would read this letter openly. And Paul writes this Philippian letter, and it's super easy. I hope you have been reading it. My, my ask of you on week one was you read it every week. It's only four chapters, two pages in your Bible, super simple to get through. But it's a powerful book. Listen, and the central theme of the book of Philippians is joy. It's joy in every season of your life. Matter of fact, 16 times Paul in four chapters, two pages, uses the word joy or rejoice or a derivative of joy. 16 times. It's the, it's the overwhelming theme of the book of Philippians. The irony is, listen close, is Paul writes about all this joy while in the bottom of a Roman prison, a dungeon really, underneath uh, cemeteries where they would build this prison, no daylight, no air movement, no, no, and, and, and he, was cha- he was in maximum security, so he was chained to a Roman guard, one to one, and he was on death row. So he, Paul really believed, while he's writing this letter to the Philippian church, that any day was his last day. Like he really did think, I don't know, when, whoever, when the door opens up there and the light comes down, that could be the day. That, that This is how it's going to end. And Paul loved the city of Rome, and it's, it's breaking his heart that instead of preaching in Rome, he's in a prison in Rome. But I love the attitude. This is, this is, the, this is why Philippians is so powerful. Because in the middle of that kind of dark season, Paul writes about joy. He tells the Philippians, you can have joy in every situation of your life. He talks about, it's better than happiness. And if you don't catch anything else, I tell you, I want you to catch this. Joy is better than happiness. Happiness depends on what's happening to me. Joy depends on Jesus, and I can always have that in my life. Say amen to that. So I love the last chapter because Paul kind of wraps up like I'll do today this idea of joy no matter what. Philippians 4, if you have your Bibles or you can look on the screen, therefore, this is verse 1, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters in Philippi, stay true. Come on, shout that out loud. Shout, stay true. Stay true. Like you know what to do. Like don't be surprised. Like, don't let, don't let the enemy give you a black eye on Monday and take away all the joy you got on Sunday. Come on, somebody. Like, don't, just stay true. Just whatever hell comes against you, just stay true to the Lord. I love that, man. Just, just that grit. Come on, somebody. Just that true grit. Where you at on that? We're all true grit? Anybody? Just the, I mean, just, if you thought Christianity was just a walk in the roses, it's not. It's a full contact sport. We're fighting eternity here. There's a real devil who really wants your peace and life and joy and your mind. He wants you to just be bumbling somewhere, staring at yourself in the mirror thinking, what's wrong with me? But, but Paul says, stay true to God. 
just do what you know to do. I love you. He talks about, I'm telling you, you love this church. I love you and I long to see you, my friends. You are, here it is. You're the joy and the crown I receive for my work. I, I, know, I know that feeling Paul has. I really do feel that about you. I get the privilege of preaching in, in, in a lot of places. Uh, uh, God's been gracious to Brandy and I to travel uh, extensively to preach this gospel. And I just love you. I, I, know, I know that joy that you get when you look around and see you brought a friend to church with you or somebody that is hurting today or, or, or that you came back to church or given church a chance again. That's why I tell you so often how I love you. And I love how Paul just says, guys, listen, y'all know, the Philippians know, you know how bad it is in this Roman prison. But I've got joy. Matter of fact, he says three verses later in verse 4, here it comes, rejoice in the Lord always. You've already rejoiced, just rejoice. Come on, somebody, like, I want you to do it again. And I'll say, I love this, I'll say it again. Like, I want you to know that you know that you know that no matter what happens to you, you don't have to be down and out. I don't care if you're chained to a prisoner facing the death penalty and this is your last day on earth. Just be joyful. Just rejoice. This was not a question. This was not a if you feel like it. Could you possibly? Would you rather? No. This is a command that Paul said, whatever's going on in your life, I'm praising God through it. I'm a wor- That's why I'm starting a worship series. I'm going to worship my way through every situation I'm in. Come on, the Lord gives and He takes away. Blessed be, blessed be the name of the Lord. Just give Him everything. I'm just going to worship my way through. The things I love about pastoring a church like this is I know some of your heartache and some of your depression and some of what you're walking through and some of your loss and some of your, your, your terrible hard times and rough days. I love coming to church and nobody else in church may know but God knows and you know and sometimes I know. I love watching you just raise your hands and give God your very best. You know what you're doing? You're not faking it. You're rejoicing in the Lord always. You're just saying, I'm going to choose today no matter what the pain or situation or problem, no matter what the answers are or the gap I've got in my life, I'm going to give God still deserves my best. Shout amen to that, everybody. So he's wrapping up this series. Let me go ahead and tell you, by the way, this is the key to what's wrong in the world. Now, now, I'm going to say, that you, may, you may disagree politically, and, and you have a right to be wrong. But I'm going <laughs> I'm to I'm tell you today, let me, let, me, let me give you some response to what just went down in El Paso, in, in Dayton. You, 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 consider this my official response. Today's not the day for your Facebook opinion. Christians have gotten involved in too many issues that aren't our business. You ready? I, you, you, I will never, that, that girl right there will never, this church will never be built on issues. This church is going to be built on the gospel. I'm not interested in your opinion about the politics. I'm interested in helping hurting people. I'm interested in telling people there's hope beyond their worst days. I'm interested. Let me tell you how you can do that. Our response as Christians should be joy. What if the Christians showed up in El Paso, not with signs and pickets, not with what's wrong with the world and what's wrong in your politics and who you voted for. What if we showed up and said, hey, I've got hope for you. I've got strength for you. I'm here to cover you in grace and let you know that God's for you and hadn't forgotten you. Your joy ought to overflow. 
It ought to, it, it will change, it'll make the biggest difference in the world. I tell you all the time, if you're the, if you're the sour puss in your office, don't tell them where you go to church. Keep coming to church because you, you, maybe you can get better. But don't tell them you come here. Surely don't wear no t-shirt. Don't put that sign on your car. I don't want them to know you're, you come here. I'll tell you where to tell them you go. Come on, don't, don't tell them you come here. Because the people here, I want you to be full of joy. Not faking it. I just want you to walk into that office saying God's for us. And if God's for us, who can be against us? I may be facing the worst terrible, rotten day of my life, the worst season I've ever walked through, but I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always, and it'll change the temperature of your life. If everybody around you is down, you be up. If everybody is low, you stay high. Why? Because you are not, you're not, listen, Christians, I got, boy, I feel like preaching this service. Listen to me. You are not thermometers. We don't tell the temperature. You're a thermostat. We set the temperature. Thermometers just say, oh, I know it's bad. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, Oh, my job's terrible. The world's terrible. Everything's going to hell. My marriage is awful. Things are bad. My diet's terrible. Well, my diet's pretty good, but it's going to kill me. Everything's fine. (laughs) That's that's thermometer Christians. Listen, I, I, I love you. Just don't tell nobody you come here. Because this is a church where thermostats are. We're the people that walk into our jobs when it seems like the doors are closing. And you say, God, I don't understand it. But listen, everybody, God's got us. God's on our side. You're the people that walk into your family when you got more month at the end of your money than you should have. And you say, I don't understand what God's doing. But we put God first in our tithing. And God's going to come through for us. We're going to have joy in every situation. And you'll change the, you'll change the temperature of your home, of your marriage, of your jobs, of this church, of our city of our world. That's our response. It's joy no matter what. Shout amen to that. Joy in every situation. Joy in every situation. And 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 I love I love how Paul says it. And I've told you every week that there's a there's a there's a killer of your joy. And I think Paul in chapter 4 gives us what I really believe is probably the strongest word for for America and for our generation and for our culture today. And I'm going to preach to you um, what, could, what, could, what could be misinterpreted as lack of compassion. So let me take 10 seconds and tell you. What I'm about to preach to you, I'm not referring to clinical issues. Uh, if you got high blood pressure, you, you, better, you better, I'll pray for you and then you take that pill. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? Don't, don't have a stroke and tell your doctor, well, pastor said I could get off my medicine. Don't get off your medicine. Come on, get, take two of them. Come on, somebody. Even Jesus, Luke was a physician. Jesus brought along a doctor just in case somebody had a boo-boo he didn't want to heal. He said, Luke, get over there. Like, carry some Band-Aids with us. You know what I'm saying, brother? Like, help me out. So, so I'm not talking about clinical or, 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 or diagnosis. I'm not talking about none of that. I'm not talking about your need for help. In counseling and in therapy, Brandy and I, I, I have a counselor. I, you need it. I'm not telling you it's wrong. Matter of fact, I think it's right. But let me, let me give you what Paul would say is the biggest thief of joy. I think this is God's word for our culture in America today. Here it is in verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Do, not, do you know the root word of anxiety is anxious? And I think anxiety is the killer 
of joy in every Christian I know. I think we live in a, I honestly believe anxiety is a demonic force from hell sent to this generation to cripple it from doing what God called us to do. For the purpose we have in our lives, the destiny God has for you, the thing that God's called you to do, He'll send anxiety. Matter of fact, the Bible calls it this. Isaiah says it like this. He says that He'll give you a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. It's a spirit. It's a spiritual attack of anxiety. And Paul ends this letter, and he talks about joy, all about how to have joy no matter what. And he says, here's the key. Listen close. Don't be anxious about anything. Anxiety is living between two worlds. Come here, Morgan. Help me. Come here, Sam. Help me real quick. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Hurry faster, Sam. Faster than that. No, y'all don't punch each other. Morgan, over here. Listen. Take me about an arm. Take me about an arm. Be gentle. You boys are big. <laughs> Listen, here's, here's, let me show you anxiety. Anxiety is living halfway between. I'll give you the definition. It's halfway between fear and hope. And you live your lives tugged between I'm scared, I'm, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen, and I've got hope. I think we're going to make it. Everything's going to be okay. I don't know how to, I, I'm worried about my job. I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if we're going to have enough money. I don't know if God's going to come through. Okay, God's, okay, God, we made it another month. God came through. We paid off. Th- things are going to work. Everything's going to be, I, I'm worried, I'm worried about my kids. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. They seem to be lost. I don't know if they're going to find direction. Okay, they, they made, we made it through school. Everything's going to be okay. We're at the summer. They're going to be, it, you're, you're torn between, living between two worlds of fear and hope. I've got hope in my marriage. I got hope things are going to be okay. I got hope we can make it. I got hope we can get past this infidelity. I've got hope we can live through our hardest year. But I don't know. I don't. I, maybe he's doing it again. Maybe things are going to go bad. I don't know. I'm living in between. I've got hope. I got hope in my health that things are going to come through. But I'm worried that something's wrong with me. I don't know what to do. And you live your life torn between fear and hope. It's this is anxiety. I'm talking about where some of you live today. Your whole life is a tug of war. You talk about it. You, thank you. You know why you're exhausted at night? Because you've been doing that. That hurt. Because you've been doing that all day long. If you do that for 18 hours, I don't care how spiritual you are. You'll lay down at night and not be able to sleep. You'll be too tired to sleep. You ever been too tired to sleep? You ever been too exhausted? You know why? Because you're torn between fear and hope. It's the anxiety, it's that anxiousness of I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know what's going to work out. In my, I'm, half, I'm living in the middle, pulled between. Is, is, is everything okay? Fear, the spirit of fear and hope in God. And that's where anxiety lives. And Paul walks in the middle of that. By the way, that right there is a joyless no man's land. There is no joy in anxiety. And Paul says, don't be anxious. About anything. Well, you don't know how to know anything. Well, you don't know what the doctor know anything. Don't be anxious about it. You don't know how bad it is. Don't be anxious about anything. You don't know, you don't know where, where it comes from. Don't be anxious about anything. Let nothing in your life pull you between fear and hope. Not you, not Christians, not a child of the most high God. No, no, no. We've got hope in every situation. God's always going to answer on our behalf. God's always, the arm of the Lord is strong and not short and He can do anything. I don't have to be torn in this anxiety. Let me give you some causes of anxiety in your life. Listen close. There are people who deal with it every day of their lives. Let Let me give you three things that are causes of your anxiety. If you're dealing with it today, I'm telling you, I'm coming against this spirit in Jesus' name. I'm going to break it off of this church. 
It may exist in that world, but it's not going to exist in you. We're going to be a church full of joy. We're going to give God our very best. We're going to be full of joy. Let me give you some, let me give you some causes of your anxiety. Number one, it's our worry. It's our worry. Anybody know a worry wart? Come on, where you at? Anybody married to a worry wart? Where you at? Don't, some of you are too scared to raise your hands. You're like, I'm worried about raising my hands to say that she's a worry wart. I'm scared. <laughs> she's also, I'm scared of her. So she worries all the time, and I'm scared of her because she, she punches like a man. Uh, <laughs> worry. I, I, and I'm not picking on you. Listen, I'm the worry wart in the family, okay? I, this is a true story. I told Brandy one time, this is so funny. I'm a mighty man of God. Listen, I told Brandy one time, we were talking about a particular issue, and she was just cool and calm and calculated and just, you know, it was just, just you know, using the Bible and stuff. And I was like, I, I, literally, I, t- I literally told her, I said, Brandy, I'm worried about, about how much you're not worried about this. LAUGHTER Listen to that sentence from the prophet of God up here. I'm worried about how much you're not worried. Like, it, 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 listen, it'll cause physical anxiety in you worried. I, I read about the, the top four things Americans worry about. Maybe this isn't you. The top four, I just read this. Health, our health. Am I, gonna, or, or am I okay? Is everybody, our family. You're worried about your kids, your marriage, our family dynamics, the economy. And believe it or not, the number four, according to this survey, but the number four things that Americans worry about is their safety. Which honestly, after a weekend like this, I understand. I, I, I understand. And not just big things like the economy. or People worry about the smallest things. I, in preparing for this message, I don't have time to preach it all to you. But I discovered there, according to the National uh, 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 Institute for Mental Health, the Encyclopedia of Mental Health, there, there are over 500 named phobias. People get scared of stuff they didn't even know. I, got, I was reading through them thinking, I didn't even know that was a thing, let alone be scared of that thing. And I'm scared of some things. I'm scared of the dark, whatever. Anyway, I'm scared, I'm scared of heights. Don't, don't give me a short joke. I'm terrified of heights. Matter of fact, when Brandy and I first went to New York, we went to the top of the rock together, and she is not afraid of heights. So we ride this elevator, which I'm also scared of small spaces. Come to think of it, I'm scared of a lot of small things. <laughs> So we're scared, we're scared, and so we ride this elevator all the way up, and it's whatever it is, 80, 90 stories, 100 stories up, we ride this, and I'm, I'm already, there's anxiety, uh, you know, already, I mean, it's already happening, I'm worried, and the doors open, and if you've ever done it, you know, when you look out the doors, there's Central Park, I mean, you're there, like, there's no waiting room, you're just, you're out, you're there, and Brandy just bounds out, you know, and she's taking pictures, leaning over it, and you know, dangling things over it and whatnot. She just no fear whatsoever. And honest before God, I stood the whole time against the back wall. Like I walked out of the elevator. It's a true story. I held my hand in the elevator just in case and just walked the whole and she looked at me, she said, Are you gonna stand back there the whole time? I said, Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm gonna stand back here the whole time. I'm scared. I'm just anybody know that feeling? I'm just terrified. I read about a phobia. I read about a phobia. this is a truth, a phobia about losing your cell phone. That's a real, so why are y'all texting me in church? A real phobia about not, anybody ever get up from every, every place you're at and the first thing you do is, where's my phone? Anybody do that? Anybody ever feel that vibration in your pocket when your phone's not even in your pocket? Anybody know what I'm talking about? We just get scared of the craziest stuff. 
We worry about the smallest things in our life. And worry will kill you. Listen, it will absolutely rob you of joy. It will cause anxiety in your life. Do you know what the root word of worry is? We get worry from an old English word that it's the same word meant to strangle. That's a fact. The, the English word worry means strangle. Oh, this is good. Because worry will strangle the life right out of you if you let it. It'll take all the peace you've got, all the joy you need. It'll strangle rest out of you. You'll lay down at night feeling like you can't breathe because it's strangling you. It's worry. Another cause of anxiety is our why. Our worries call it our why. I just told you about this. I preached it in week one. I don't have time to tell you again. But you'll die in your whys. You'll die a spiritual death. Some of you physically. You'll do it your whole life. Trying to get an answer to why. God has not promised you an answer this side of heaven. And if you're a believer, that's got to be your answer. That I don't have to know why here. Because I know God knows why. And I trust God. God's in between me and the bad things that happen to me. And I don't know. I can't see around God to figure out the answer to this why. But I can look at God and I know God's got me. So I don't have to know why. When I get to heaven, I told you in week one. I'm going to have a few questions. Come on, somebody. If, I, if the Lord will allow me, I want to preach till I'm about 60, 70 something years old. I want to live till about 90 on a golf course where I wear short pants and long socks. And drive a golf cart around everywhere. Grocery store everywhere. I want to drive a golf cart everywhere. And, and I'm gonna, I want to die with a, with, a, with a to-do list. Come on, somebody. On a post-it note and some questions. And just bury me with my questions. Because when I get there, I'm going to open them up. Like, now that I'm here, I'd like to know. why. why did, but you're not going to get an answer on this side of heaven. And you'll live in anxiety if you have to know why. Your life will be riddled by anxiety. It'll, it'll kill joy in your life. You'll be anxious about everything if you have to know why. Here's the third thing. Not just our worries and our whys. This is probably true for most of you. There's some people in my life who cause anxiety. Come on, somebody. There's some relationships. Nothing fights like relationship fights. You ever go to a family reunion thinking, I can't do this one more year? Anybody but me? I just, I can't be related to these people. I'm on a quest to find my real family. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Mama, you lied to me. I've adopted. This ain't real. Tell me, like, family fights. We're entering in the fall. You Come on, you're going to see them at Thanksgiving and Christmas and family fights. And, and, and I know we're laughing about it, but relationships hurt. And some there's anxiety and marriage and, and just problems. And, and, and here's what I always tell you. Remember this. If you can't think of the who in your life that causes anxiety, you're the who. Okay, if you can't think of the person in your life who gives you anxiety, you're the person giving everybody else anxiety. You know what I'm saying? You're the one on the elevator we can all smell. Like you're you're the who that everybody. You're the who that gives anxiety. It causes it. I was okay until you. You know, I was fine. I, my blood pressure was fine until you came in the room. Till this conversation happened, and it'll cause anxiety. And I got. Let me give you some bad news. Listen, I know you came to church today for bad news, so let me give it to you. These aren't going anywhere. Your worries, your why, and your who's aren't going anywhere. You'll die with them. Okay? So I got to teach you, and Paul has to train us in Philippians, of how to have joy in spite of it. 
How can you tell me to be anxious about nothing? Have no anxiety when these things aren't going away that cause me anxiety. I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how. You don't have to have joy. Yeah, I mean, sorry, you don't have to have happiness, temporary things. You don't have to have things that just make you feel good. No, no, no. You can have joy no matter what. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. You don't have to. Matter of fact, Jesus, the one who made you. Okay, let's, let's take a break on Paul. The, the God of all creation who made you. He said it like this. Jesus said to his disciples in Luke, Therefore I tell you, do not worry. You don't need any other reason why to go home and stop worrying about stuff. You don't need any other reason why to not let anxiety and worry rip you of your joy. You don't need any other reason why except God says, Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you'll eat. Don't worry about your body. I got that one down, by the way. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Life is more than your food and your body and your clothes. And then he gives you an illustration of why you don't worry. Consider the ravens. They don't have any way to make their own food and they don't have a barn to store it in. But, everybody look at the screen. But God feeds them. How can you tell me not to have worry when you don't know my problems? You don't know what I'm going through. You don't, you've never walked in my shoes. I'll tell you how. Because it doesn't matter what you're going through. What matters is what God's going to take care of in your life. God will come through for you. God feeds them. And this is my favorite part of the whole passage. You're more valuable than them. Value in who you are. It's why I tell you all the time, this is not a church ever going to point their finger at you and talk about your problems. I'm going to point my finger at you and talk about your potential. You know why? Because you're valuable to God. You've got purpose in your life. Let me tell you, if I haven't told you, I'll go ahead and preach it to you. You're a child of the Most High God. Jesus, the Son of the Living God, came and died just for you to pay for your sins, took your place on His backward stripes so that you could be healed, whole, made new. He took a crown of thorns on His head so your mind could be renewed every day. He was pierced in His side and blood and water ran out so you could be forgiven. Your heart could be made right before God. That very same God that created you sent his son to die for you you're more valuable than this I'm worth more than I got. you're not getting it I'm not done yet you're worth more than worry you're worth more than anxiety you're worth more than sleepless nights God will feed you God will come through for you God, I'm going to get it till two or three more of y'all stand up and say I got it God's going to come through there they are God's going to come through for me God's going to answer God's going to answer. God's going to answer. That's why I'm not worried because I'm facing. Thank you. I'm not. Now you know. That's how to get me to stop. I'm not worried because I'm a fake Christian. I don't worry because God's got me. If God will feed the ravens. The Bible said that God would attend the funeral. There's not one swallow. There's not one sparrow that dies that the father doesn't attend his funeral. Not one sparrow on planet earth has ever died that the father has never attended his funeral. And you think God's forgotten about where you are? You think God can't come through and heal your body, touch your babies, make a way where there's no way, come through when you don't know how He's going to come through, answer your deepest prayer? Come on, God's. I'm more valuable than that. I'm more valuable than that. So you got a choice to make. 
you got a choice to make. And i got eight minutes to preach it to you. And Paul concludes Philippians 4 with three practical things that will help you through. And I want to give you these three. I want to end this message series helping you practically. How do I have joy no matter what? How do I battle anxiety? I'm telling you, I'm, I'm so on this right now. I'm already writing messages for October. I'm preaching a whole month on your mind. I'm going to loose this church of anxiety. I will, this will not be in Jesus' name. Devil, you better hear me now. I'm coming against every spirit of depression and suicide and anxiety and stress. Not this church. We're going to be full of joy. We're going to have joy in Jesus. It's going to be the happiest place. Everywhere else may have nicer buildings than us. They may have better preachers than us. They don't look as good as yours. They may have other stuff. There ain't going to be another church in this whole and all of San Antonio you come to and feel joy like this. People are going to write you and say, I don't even know what I felt there. But it was, just, it was contagious. That's joy. There's joy. There's joy. In, in, the, in His presence, there's joy. And Paul says, I want you to uh, listen. Paul says he ends this book with how. Verse 10, how I praise the Lord that you're concerned about me, Philippians. I know you've always been concerned about me. You didn't have any money to send me, though, and help me, and that's okay. And I'm not saying this because I'm in need. Catch this. I'm not saying this because I'm down and out or I'm worried. I'm saying this because I have, shout the word learned. I have learned to be content. I am not super spiritual, and I'm not preaching to you a super spiritual concept. I'm trying to teach you how to choose joy. Joy isn't natural to any human being. It's a learned behavior. And Paul said, I have learned this. It's why you got to be in church. It's why, it's why it's important that I preach God's word to you every week. Because when you, you're learning how to have joy in every situation. You're, it's a learned behavior. I've learned to be content, whatever. Now listen, here's what, here, not y'all, but in first service there's bad Christians. And here's what they say. They say, yeah, but pastor, you don't know. I know how bad my life is. I know how terrible this marriage is. I know what's going on in my life. Paul says, I know. I know what it's like to be in need. And I know what it's like to have plenty. But I have learned the secret. I've learned the secret of being content in every situation. I know this. But I've learned that. This needs to be your for the rest of the year. From this message series to the rest of the year. You need to look at every problem that comes into your life. Oh, I know that, but I've learned how to have joy. Oh, I know this looks bad, but I've learned how to have joy. Everything that comes into your life. Oh, I know. I know it's bad, but I've learned how to have joy. I've learned the secret of being content. Whether I'm well-fed or hungry. Whether I'm living in plenty or, or in want. It doesn't matter what I know. It matters what I've learned. It doesn't matter what I see. It matters what I've chose. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It matters that I've learned to have joy. I'm, you need to make, write this down, make the joy decision every day. Get up tomorrow and decide. I'm going to have joy today. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, Pastor. It doesn't matter. I'm going to choose. I'm going to pre-choose. If you'll meal plan, that's cute how y'all meal plan. I meal plan. I plan to go to Whataburger three times this week. If you'll plan that, do it. 
meal plan, plan your budget, plan it all, plan your whole life. Come on, all the planners in the room, plan everything. Then get up tomorrow and plan to have joy. Plan to be full of joy. Plan to love your babies and hug your spouse and just bring joy to your office. Plan. I'm just, it's a learned behavior that I'm choosing joy every day of my life. So how do I do it? i got three minutes. I'm going to go over. Warning. Three ways. Write this down. i got to hurry. Come on. Here's the first way. you got to pray about everything. Pray about everything. Worry about nothing. You need to write this in lipstick on your mirror. Unless you're a dude and then use soap. Because dude use bar soap. Come on somebody. Bar soap's manly. You drive a truck and I find you using body wash. Come on. Come on. Come on. Get you a bar soap. Come on cowboys. Get you a lipstick. Get you something and write this on your mirror. Worry about nothing, pray about everything. Worry about nothing, pray about everything. I don't care what Tuesday has. I'm worried about nothing. I'm praying about everything. I'm worried about, where's that? Here's what it says. I'm just telling you. Paul ends Philippians telling you, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, worry about nothing, pray about everything. By prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then, not before, you, you think God's going to show up in your worry just because you're so super spiritual. Not going to happen just because you're saved. Not going to happen. If you'll not worry and pray about everything, then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. It's why tomorrow morning, it's why tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., I, I, I'll be at 21 days of prayer. And I'm asking you to be there. If this is your church family, all the details are online right now. All, all, all of the address, how to get there, it's, it's two-tenths of a mile. You can see it from here. It's super easy. We'll have coffee ready at 5.30 in the morning. It'll be ready for you. We'll, we'll start right at 6 o'clock. You'll be in your car on the way to work, home, wherever you got to go by 7. I promise. I make that promise to you. We will not, we will not it's, it's prayer. It's, not, it's nothing else. You can stick around after 7. We'll go to breakfast, but from 6 to 7, it's prayer. And then every Saturday for the next 21 days, three Saturdays, three weeks, I'll be, I'll be there at 9 o'clock in the morning. We're going to, you know what we're going to do? Here's what the Bible says. Show them the last slide. Go back. Come on, media. You guys are, you guys are awesome. Here, here's what they do. He said, prayer, petition, thanksgiving. So tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock, we're going to worship God. Then we're going to pray t- together individually. And then we're going to petition God corporately. It's a prayer, petition, thanksgiving. We're just, I'm, I'm going to worry about nothing. Thank you, Alicia. You can go to the next one. 21 days, 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm invite, matter of fact, we have tools for you. Today when you leave, our team has, has a prayer book they want to put in your hands. I love these. We print these every 21 days. It's got, it's got prayer in there. It's got the Lord's Prayer out. You say, how do I pray for 30, 40 minutes? We usually take about 30 minutes you know, individually. This will help you. It's got a journal in the back. You can write your request. Come on, pray about everything. Don't complain about it if you hadn't prayed about it. Don't listen. Don't make a decision about it if you haven't prayed about it. Matter of fact, I'm 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 calling a decision moratorium in my home. We're not we're not deciding nothing till we pray. We're gonna ask God in 21 days. God, what do you want? Our church, our trustees are praying right now. We're taking 21 days and saying, God, where do you want our church? Tell us what you want. Tell us how you want us to move forward. God, I'm gonna pray about. Worry about nothing and pray about. We have books for your kids. I almost forgot. Your kids are getting prayer books today. Why? You say, well, I don't know if my kid can do it. Yep, it's coloring. Come on, somebody. 
It's coloring. I learned by coloring too. It's super. My four-year-old, they love them. My, both of my children, every 21 days, take these books. We're putting them in your kids' hands. You know why? Because if you don't catch this, I want to raise a whole other generation that worries about nothing and prays about everything. <laughs> worries about nothing, prays about everything. Number two, you got to pray about everything and you got to think about the right things. Henry, come play so they think I'm closing. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. And think about the right things. The battle for your joy is in your mind. It is not in your heart. It's in your mind. you got to think about the right things. Finally, brothers, Paul says in Philippians 4, Finally, brothers, whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable, excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. You know why? Because I've learned. Whatever you've learned from this book, whatever you've received from this preaching or seen in me, put it into practice over the next 21 days of your life. Put it into practice over the next six months, year of your life. And to, just, just see, just do it for a year. Just, t- just take a year of your life and try the joy challenge and see. Don't think about the wrong things. Listen, you can't have joy thinking about the wrong things. You can't put negative things in your mind and expect positive things to come out of your mouth. I've never met somebody with a positive life and a negative mind, ever. You can't do it. You can't can't get over a breakup listening to country music talk about shedding tears in your beers. Come on, somebody. You ain't never going to get over a breakup with George Strait. He's trying to keep you down. The man trying to keep you down. It's made to keep you in that feeling of heartache. You're never going to get over and, and get joy if you fill your mind with what's wrong with me. What's wrong? Don't get on Facebook asking everybody else what's wrong with them. Some of us need to fast. You need to fast negativity for 21 days. I don't want to know you. If I, I'm going to post kitty cats in scriptures. That's it. Because I got to think about some things. I'm on a battle for joy, and I know your stuff is tough, and I appreciate all of your stuff, and I really do appreciate it, but I don't need any of that in my life. You know why? It's a mathematical principle called GIGO. If you put garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. You cannot expect the outcome to be different than the quality of the income. So over the next few months and weeks and years of my life, I'm not listening to what's wrong in this world. Just turn you on, turn off country, turn on some Hillsong worship. Get you some Highlands worship. Worship. Get you some worship. Get you a podcast or two. Get, get the Bible on audio. Listen, I read my Bible every day. And, and I, on, on the YouVersion app, I let them talk to me. They read it out loud to me with a British accent. Come on, somebody. Just fill your mind with the right things. You cannot have joy with the wrong mind. Think, Pray about everything. I'm asking you for 21 days. Join me, 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. Join me, join me, join me. Pray about everything. Think about the right things. And then trust God in all things. This, you're going to have joy. I'm telling you, you're going to have joy. Trust God in all things. Philippians. I know what it is to be in need and what it is to have plenty, but I've learned the secret. I've learned it. I've learned it. I've learned it. Every situation, whether I'm fed or hungry, living in plenty or want, I can do, if you've memorized King James like I have, I can do all things. I can do everything through Jesus. I can't do it through your opinion. 
I can't do it through my own strength. I can't do it with my own will. I need God. I trust God. I pray about everything. I think about the right things. But I'm trusting God in everything. Old, old Bishop Tenney used to say in my life, when you can't track God, you can trust Him. When you can't track Him, you, oh God, I feel the Holy Spirit just moved in this room. When you can't track Him, you can trust Him. Where is God? Where was God? When you can't track Him, when your eyes are clouded and blurry with hurt and pain, when, you, when your mind seems in a fog, when anxiety, the spirit of heaviness is attacking you, when you can't track Him, you can trust Him. I trust God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray about everything. I'm going to fix my mind. I'm going to focus on the right things, think about the right things, and I'm going to trust God in everything. Now, this is my favorite part of all of Philippians. I preached for four weeks to get to the last verse. Paul ends in the Roman prison. Let me wrap it all up for you. Chained to a, to, to a guard, waiting for death, stinking, terrible, awful, worst days of his life. And he ends the verse, he ends the whole book, excuse me, talking about his mission. Watch this. Last verses in Philippians. Hey, church at Philippi, greet all the saints. Tell all them. In, in the south, we'd say, tell your mom and them. I said, hello. And the brothers who are with me send greetings. Why? I thought you were in prison. I thought you couldn't preach to nobody. I thought nobody was out there. He said, no, 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 no. All the saints in Rome send greetings. How do you know? You're in a prison. You're on death row. Oh, by the way, especially Caesar's household. God, I wish I could preach this like I feel it. Caesar's a Roman name. Here's what Paul ends the whole chapter about joy, the whole book about joy. He says, while I've been down here, Caesar used to be my other guard. He got saved. They took him away. And so I got another guard. He got saved. They took him away. Now I got another guard. And if I can stay down here a couple of more days, I'm going to get him saved. I'm still on my mission even in the worst days of my life. I'm still living in my purpose, serving, doing what God called me to do. You can't get me down or take me away or distract me from my purpose. Let me, let me, this is the last thing that Paul said in Philippians. If you want to have joy no matter what, find your purpose and live every day of your life. Making a difference. Making a difference. There's some grace. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. That's it. That's the end. i got to get back to work. Guys, I'd love to keep writing you. But I'm chained to another guard who God put me in His world. God put you in your situation. You can have joy no matter what. Close your eyes. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for my brothers and sisters here today. Come on team, hurry. God, I just believe you today for joy in every situation. Come on, every eye closed except our team who's, who's in place. Everybody else praying along. I need you today. Come on, tell God in your own way. God, I'm, I, I, maybe you're walking through the hardest days of your life. Maybe your marriage is struggling. Maybe there's more questions than answers. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's loss, tragedy. Maybe it's, maybe it's a business closing. Maybe it's a friend suffering. Maybe it's questions about direction. Where do I go? What do we do? And you, you got anything but joy. You are feeling anxiety. I'm, 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 I'm going to 
I'm going to rebuke that off of you right now. If you, if you are dealing with a spirit of anxiety, get your hands in the air right now. Say, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. There they are. In Jesus' name, I rebuke the spirit of heaviness off of you. I rebuke the chains of depression and anxiety. The worry that's strangling you, I curse it in the name of Jesus Christ. I break that stranglehold off of your peace. I break that anxiety off of your joy that's choking the life out of you. That's choking rest from you. In Jesus' name, I declare your best night of sleep tonight. I declare your eyes open tomorrow morning full of hope. Hope in the future. Hope in God. Hope in your purpose. Hope in your marriage. Hope in your finances. Hope for tomorrow. Hope for your future. God's not done with you. The best is yet to come for you. In Jesus' name, I rebuke the spirit of anxiety. I break it off of this community. I break it off of your marriage. I break it off of this city. I, I curse anxiety. The, the principality, the power, the air of San Antonio. I take authority over it by the blood of Jesus Christ and the power of His name. I curse it off of this city. I curse it. I curse the spirit of depression and darkness and suicide. We'll have the lowest case of suicide in San Antonio, Texas. We'll have hope here where there's despair. Anxiety will leave. Depression will leave. Stress will go. And joy comes in the morning. Joy. Weeping may endure for the night. But joy is coming back. Joy is coming. Come on. You receive it right now. If you receive it, you ought to jump to your feet. Say, it's me. I receive it. I receive it. Joy is coming. Joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in my situation. Joy is back in my problem. Joy in our marriage. Joy on my job. Joy in my sickness. Joy in my, in my problems. Joy in my office. Joy for my children. Joy with my ex. Joy in my family. Joy for my parents. Joy in my children. Joy in every situation of my life. I receive it. Come on, everybody else, stand to your feet. Get your hands high in the air. Receive this blessing. I bless you in Jesus' name. I pray the Lord would bless you and keep you. May His face shine on you. May it turn His countenance towards you and look on you. May the God who created you, formed you, knows everything about you. Not a day of your life has happened that isn't written in His book. May the God of all peace, may the God of all joy, undergird you, strengthen you, Raise your hands full staff when they want to go half staff. May the God of all joy turn your frowns into smiles. May He give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. May He trade the oil of joy and gladness where depression and anxiety has existed. Oh God, I feel. May He come through for you in the darkest days of your life. May He wrap His arms around you in Jesus' name. I declare joy, 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 joy. Joy's coming back. My smile's coming back. I'm getting my swagger back. Come on, joy's coming back in every area of my life. Joy. Joy. No matter what. In Jesus' mighty name. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. 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 Come on, give God praise for the